Welcome to another episode of the Get Fast podcast brought to you by Trivelo Coaching. You are joined as always by your host, former Australian Ironman, Jared Donnelly, and I am Jordan Donnelly. In today's episode, we are talking about how to handle race nerves. It's a, something we've all probably experienced somewhere in some degree in, in some race some level of anxiety or nerves before a race. So straight off the bat, I want to ask you, Dad, when's the time when you let race nerves get the better of you? Well, I think there's a direct correlation between my preparedness for the event, and it doesn't have to be a race, and my nervousness. And I can have that in a training session. If I feel that I'm not possibly going to complete the session the way I want to I have a fair bit of pre-event anxiety around that and even people I coach have said to me that that really worried about tomorrow's session um, so nervousness and anxiety before a race or for a particular event um, is really detrimental to the outcome a lot of the times because it it really zaps your confidence and there's been many times when I've been in that situation and the correlation between my preparedness and the anxiety is undeniable. So is that what you're saying, that the more prepared you are, the less anxious you'll be? Yeah, I definitely. There's, there's so many examples that I have in my career where I've been on the start line uh, and I've had some nerves, but the nerves have been around my execution of the event. And I'm, I suppose I'm talking more in time trialling where it's an individual thing where you're in total control of the outcome. Um, it doesn't matter what anybody else does in the race, you can only do what you can do on that race. Um, if someone else starts off harder than you, you don't know that they're doing that because they're a minute apart or they could be five minutes up the road. So you're only focusing on your own performance. So I definitely have anxiety about my execution, but I'm confident in being able to execute it because I've prepared myself well. So having nerves and anxiety I think is a really good thing because it shows you care totally about what you're about to do. And if you don't have them, that's really unusual. So, so it's really important that people understand that's normal to have, have some sort of anxiety or pre-race nerves uh, when you're going to do something that you care about. You care about the outcome, so... You create, you create some nervousness about that and it's no different to going into an exam or um, to a job interview. You know, you want to get that job. So you have got butterflies and you're thinking, oh, I really have to answer questions really well here. I have to execute my, my performance really well. And, you know, there's, there's a, sometimes I'm really overly uh, nervous as compared to being almost too relaxed in other times. And it's... it's almost like overconfident I'm not sure um, I'm overconfident in my preparedness that's definitely but I still know that I'm confident in my performance but then the nervousness might come from is it good enough to win the event so that might be another level of anxiety is I know what I can do but is that good enough to win that's a really good point because when you say the word nervous or anxious or I've got anxiety for the race, 
you know, that is going to be a different thing for every person. So everyone is going to have a different meaning of that. It's going to mean something different to them. And they're going to have different levels of um, almost that image you, th- you think about inside your head of what that means to you. And when you think you're anxious or you're nervous, you're thinking about a certain image and that's different to someone else's. And like you said, depending on whether you are training or racing, I know personally that I get nervous for a session because I know how hard it's going to be. I just know how much it's going to hurt. I'm not nervous about how I'm going to perform. And that's kind of a different nervous to the race where you're thinking about the end outcome. And sometimes when you're letting your nerves get the better of you, you're just imagining the outcome going wrong. And it's just not a really good thing to be visualizing before a race. Yeah, the nerves definitely come in a variety of ways. And, you know, there's external uh, influences and there's your own internal influences. Um, Externally, it can be... I've told people I'm going to do this event and I, I, my expectation from others around me creates anxiety because they expect me to win, um, they expect me to perform well, I might have people coming to watch. Um, all these external influences um, create create an anxiety level. Um, you, might, you might have your own int- internal um, uh, levels of anxiety such as my goal today is to win. Uh, my goal today is to perform at this this pace if I'm running or this uh, power number if I'm riding. Um, so the nerves can come from internal and from external and you, know, you can have both. Um, the people who are internally motivated, they seem to handle the nerves better because they're so focused on the outcome uh, and the ex- execution and therefore the outcome will, will become apparent. So... They're motivated in their training um, because they've got this goal and and um, almost um, target, and they're they're valuing the, the moment to get the outcome. Whereas the people who are externally motivated, that's a they get more nervous because they've got less control of what they're doing because they're putting themselves under pressure um, because of external influences. Whereas the internally motivated person. I think has a better control over their nerves um, and they actually prepare better than the, the person who picks a race and tells everybody they're training for this race but actually doesn't do the consistency and and all the things that underlie uh, getting a great preparation. So how, is, how have you handled that yourself when the stakes of the race are bigger, when it, you get to a bigger race and it means more? You, know, you said before that you know the, the, when... There's a lot of pressure on the, the actual result of the race that can lead to increased nerves for yourself. So what have you done in those situations where you've been in some big races and it's meant a lot? To yeah, that's a great question. And I, I think the more times you put yourself into that position, um, come that really big race that you've earmarked as this is my race for the year. And it could be uh, a selection trial for a national team. It could be the national titles. Um, it could be a state title. So you've, you've created that this is a big race for me. And if you haven't done a lot of uh, racing along the journey, come race day, it's foreign feeling to you. So the anxiety levels, you, you're feeling something that's new. And and I think for myself, and this is true for a lot of people that I coach, if you put them in a race situation a lot um, in in seemingly less important races, but they still get the the day before, nerves, the preparation, all the things that go with performance, then at the end of the day, it becomes just another race if you execute it 
and then the result will be what you wanted and it just happens to be in the most important race of the day of your year. And it doesn't have to be a um, an external, like you said, an externally big event like a national title. You know, if you've set this Ironman as your A race, then um, that is your particular A race and all the B races that you do in the lead up are designed to counter that. And that's probably why you say all the time that we do so much testing as well. It's replicating, whether it's a race or a time trial test, it's replicating the same thing. There's so many valuable things to do when you continually test and... Um, we test for a whole lot of reasons, but uh, the main one is to practice the execution that you're going to do on race day. You know, the, the other things are that we, we get to, to find out what, what level you're at for a particular month and we train to that level going into the next month and try to improve. Um, it's like a really hard training session. Um, so there's, there's three standout reasons why you would test so much. And, and by practicing that, come race day, you are so ready for... Um, it's kind of a normal feeling um, that, that you're about to experience and that diminishes the anxiety for me. Um, I've done this, you know, 500 times in the last two years. You know, I know what my wattage is. All I've got to do is make sure I don't, don't go too hard at the start. And, you know, we joked uh, at the Nationals, and I've told you this story, uh, the Nationals time trial course had a downhill section in the first five minutes and the remainder of the next 20 minutes of the course was undulating, but gradually up to the turn and then gradually back down to the finish, but undulating. But the first section was really fast downhill. Um, and I said to a couple of guys, especially uh, one of the guys, Joe, I said, if I look at your data at the end of this event and find that your first five minutes is the highest power, I'm going to bash you in the back of the head. <laughs> and he said, and I'm going to do the same to you. And... And both of us executed our best power in the last five minutes and our lowest powers in the first five minutes, even though we were going downhill and literally flying along the course. And, and that was the game changer. And Joe ended up winning his uh, national title by seven seconds, I think. And had he not executed properly, he would have lost that. He came home like a steam train. The other guys were fading. It was a great example, of, to me, of, um, you know, Sure, you can be nervous and worried about it, but if you if you don't execute, uh, you're not going to get the outcome anyway. So all the nerves in the world are, are not going to help you. Um, so it was a matter of focusing uh, on different things, and that took the nerve. You stopped thinking about nerves because you had a purpose for the execution of the event. And time trial is a lot different because there's not a lot of external things happening in a time trial, whereas in a road race. Uh, you have to react to other people's um, uh, attacks or the way the, the race is panning out. There's so many things you have to think about, and I think that creates a little bit of anxiety. Who's going to do what today in this race? Whereas in a time trial, you can only control the things you can control. You can't control how anybody else is going to ride. And that's why you say in triathlons it's so much more predictable with your performance because yes. – so, so those very variable factors are taken out. Yeah, and look at running races, you know, marathons, ten k events. You're still influenced by other people's pace. Um, whereas in a triathlon, unless you got off with people in your age group around you and were influenced by their pace, as you know, professionals are, um, but the age groupers really aren't. And most of the people we're we're coaching are people who are trying for a PB. So. Everything's in their control, the pace they start at. So 
the anxiety and nervousness is almost taken away. And that's the big difference we talk about um, come race day. You know how well you've trained because you've got all the data telling you. You know your race plan because it's in front of you. The only nervousness that you've created is, can I actually execute that race plan? And that creates a little bit of uh, anxiety, but you need to be confident because you've already raced so many times beforehand. Um, And uh, someone said to me on the weekend, you know, I used to be afraid totally of doing FTP tests, of of going into races um, and forever testing myself. I got really nervous about it was because I didn't like the what I thought the outcome would be. And now that I'm training with some structure and consistency, I embrace them because I know that I'm possibly going to improve from last time. So it's a different mindset. Mm. And it's how you frame it really determines how nervous you become. If you let the nerves get carried away, it's because you're actually you're thinking about the wrong things. And and that's what I'm trying to get across in, in what we're talking about today is making sure you're thinking about things you can control the things are out of your control you just need to disregard um, and and just focus your whole entire thought process on the things that you are in charge of and you will feel a sense of um, ease when you start focusing on the race plan and you start focusing on what you need to do if you're just asking yourself or how am I going to perform if you're asking questions that are just not going to have good answers. How am I going to perform answers? You, things you can't answer at the moment. What's going to happen today? Is it going to be hard? You know, if you're just continuously asking those questions, it's not going yeah. to be a very good feeling. Whereas if you're just running through the race plan, I need to go out the first five minutes of this pace. I want yes. to come home like a steam train, like you were saying before. Yep. Immediately, those those nerves will ease up a little bit. But like you said at the start, some nerves are important because it shows you care and you want to get a good result. Yeah, and you know in life that if you've got nothing to do, for a particular day or week and you have no goal, your mind starts running all sorts of tricks on you. And, you know, that's a lot of how depression happens is because people have no focus or goal of every day. The busier people, of course they can get, you know, depressed and and have anxiety. Um, But because they're focusing on tasks all the time, they don't have time to think about um, the nervousness that they're feeling because there's su- such structure that they have to get through each day and you can relate that to your race. Um, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm really worried about this. It's, this is going to be a big day. I have to perform well. I put all my season into this. Reframe the whole the whole thought process. Okay, can't wait for this race. This is my plan. This is how I'm going to attack it. And all of a sudden your focus is on something completely different to what you were focusing on before and in fact it's on the important thing which is how am I going to execute it so I keep going back to that word execute and and the relationship between uh, preparedness and the relationship between execution and nerves are equal Uh, getting ready for it and executing on the day so the nerves will be will be less if you prepare well and they'll be less if you focus on the execution Um, and as we said at the start it is important to have some butterflies and some anxiety because it shows you actually really value what you're doing and you will be more successful in anything you do if, if you value it and and we've always said this to most of the people who come on board, we want you to enjoy it. So have fun executing to numbers that you know you can do and it is such a great feeling getting towards the end when you are actually hitting all the numbers 
going for a, a PB in your 10K, it, it you, you know, you are just so satisfied with the outcome and the nerves and the anxiety, they're a distant past. What kind of examples have you seen of um, people letting race nerves get too much a hold of their race and derailing their, their preparation and their execution? Yeah, many times as athletes have come to me after the race saying, I didn't realise that I was going to feel as good as I did and I didn't go with the move because I was still not confident and at the end of the race I should have done that is the thing that comes back to me all the time so don't be overconfident but but be confident in your ability from from the training you've done and there are examples of people who have really let the nerves uh, hinder their decision making uh, in the middle of a race oh, that's, that's, a, that's a good move going up the road, I should be doing that, and they hesitate. But a confident person, they'd see a move and go. And I'm talking bike races here, or I'm talking uh, triathlon run at the end of the race and 5K to go and, you know, you're starting to, starting to see people uh, in your age group maybe come past you and, and rather than, you know, focusing on, um, you know, should I let that happen, you just instinctively make those decisions and and take away the nervous thought process of of should I shouldn't I you know the, the amount of times I've told people go with your gut if you, if you think that's what sh- you should do don't hesitate do it but the, the the going with your gut is based on so much information that you have about what you're able to do and the feelings you have of your body at that particular time and it's thinking about you know where are you going where where do you want to be putting your energy you know your mental and physical energy because you don't want to be wasting energy on those thought processes you don't want to be wasting energy before the race and during the race on that kind of thinking because it's just going to detract from your performance and I mean without getting into too much of the psychology side of it and we're not psychologists but you know the common rhetoric in psychology is that Anxiety is a very natural process of the body. The fight or flight response is necessary for our survival. You know, we need to have that response when, for when we're in danger and for it to be an alarm bell of when um, we need to change something. But, you know, that when that response is really extreme before a race, that's not a natural response. That's unnecessary. And so we don't need to give it that much attention or energy. Um, so if you're feeling that unwarranted level... We need to kind of think about these strategies and, and change our mental thought processes to, to take that level back to what would be considered a normal level. Yeah, the, the reframing your thought process is so key and and the fight or flight response is such an accurate way of how people can burn un, unlimited amounts of energy pre-race because they're thinking about the wrong things. And th- that's one of the things I want people to understand here is reframe your thought process and you know you're doing you know if you're getting more and more nervous before something you know start asking yourself um, what does this mean to me today is you know is it is it something like the end of the world Mm. that um that you know no it's just another event in a in a process of something that you enjoy doing so you know take the uh the fight or flight feel away from it and say right i'm here for fun and to execute and and, you know, don't be so single-minded that, you know, you're not enjoying the thing. If that's the state you're putting yourself in, then you need to rethink why you're doing it. Um, and I think that's a real key to, to nervous and anxiety. If it's creating too much of that, 
You've got to reframe your thinking. It's a funny little game you have to play with yourself, don't you? You really have to go through this self-talk process and talk yourself through it and say, well, hang on a second, there's no real danger. I don't have to feel this level of anxiety. But it's almost like wanting to challenge yourself as well. And we speak about, you know, all the great examples of elite sportsmen. And we've spoken about Michael Jordan a bit recently because yeah. of his documentary where he would be nervous before those big games, but he would, he would be demanding the ball because he's saying, I'm nervous, but I, I want to challenge myself and I want to see if I can do this. And it's almost that little bit of take away, it's that balance again of playing the game of take away that unnecessary anxiety, but also relish in the anxiety and say, well, yeah. this means a lot to me and I want to push myself and I want to see if I can challenge myself to get this result. Yeah, and there's so many examples of him demanding the ball in the last six seconds of games. And you told me some st- amazing statistic that he was given the ball and the buzzer shot and the percentage of him you know, making the shot, he still made misses and they lost mm. but it was more times that he made the shot to win the event and the confidence he had in executing that because he didn't think about the weight of the win or loss he thought about the execution of the throw to get the basket which mm. would give him the result mm. and so he was f- reframing that and people go oh, i don't know how he keeps doing that you know give him the ball he's got all the pressure we well, didn't look at it like that he knew that he could execute a basket shot from any point in the basketball court. There was, you know, no matter how many people were on him, he could still execute that because he was thinking about the shot rather than the result. And I think that's another thing that people think too much and focus too much on. Um, you know, you think of the AFL Grand Final or the NRL Grand Final, you know, you've spent a whole season and they're unique sports because they have a final after paying. Whereas a lot of other sports around the world, the, the champion team is the team who finishes on top without a grand final um, in a lot of sports. Um, soccer, soccer being the main, soccer one, being yeah. the main, main, main thing. Um, so come grand final day, it is a real clutch game and you want to perform at your best on that day. And um, there's, I've listened to some, some coaches, uh, how they went about um, getting their guys to... Um, to think about it as just another day, but it's not. It's definitely not another day. And to, to try and convince them that it's just another day is, I think, going down the wrong track. I think they have to embrace the day for what it is and not be afraid of it. Bring it on. Mm. And that's the thought process they have to have. And we're talking the same in an Ironman triathlon or a big event that you're preparing for, whether it's a marathon, is, you know, this is a big day, but embrace it. Bring on the day because I'm ready and I can't wait for it. Yeah, definitely. And the important part of Michael Jordan's stats was he did miss a lot of game-winning shots, but no one remembers that. They just remember the winning ones. And we've spoken about this with uh, the perfect example is Peter Sagan in cycling. You know, people don't know that he has come second a record amount of times. It's, it's, it's insane how many races. I think it's 110 races or something. He's come second place. And or third as yeah, well. And no one will remember that. They just remember the time, the amount of times he's won because he keeps putting himself in that situation. So if you personally, yep. you won't remember the times that you made a mistake or stuffed up because you'll learn from them and you you will remember if you keep turning up to challenge yourself when you do succeed. Yeah, and uh, and he's not shying away. He's putting himself into, you know, the hardest events possible, you know, and he's won that many world titles and uh, key marquee events, one-day classics, green jersey, Tour de France, he keeps t- coming back and winning more and more, but he's putting himself in that position. You know, a lot of the guys um, will will avoid races where the best people are at, 
because they've got external influences putting pressure on them. You know, he's a classic classic example of a true racer who wants to be against the best and bring bring on everybody. I'm here to I'm here to, and I'm sure he gets nervous because he wants he wants the outcome that he's he's there for. And I think the seconds and thirds that he gets drive him more to say, "Well, I'm not happy with that. I want to I want to win the next time." And so he's getting rid of all that nerves because his determination to perform better is uh, is is just nerves are like clouds. You know, mm. you want to see blue sky, and you know, it only takes a few seconds and thirds to change your thinking to say, "Get out of my way. I'm here to win." And the nerves are all disappearing when you start thinking like that, and and that's the, that's the way to harness the energy, the nervous energy that you're creating, um, and that's a really good point is to harness that nervous energy in the right direction. Mm. Um, to I don't want to be second again, or I want to beat my PB. I've I've been struggling to do this for six months. Today's my day. You know, I'm harnessing all of my nervous energy into focusing on how to execute. The power of switching your focus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The framing of your thought process right from the start of this, this uh, podcast, we've talked about that. And I think that's the single most important thing. Everybody has anxiety and nervousness, but you've got to reframe it to your advantage. And, you know, it only takes a few unhappy, unsuccessful um, events that you've been in. And it doesn't have to be the biggest one you've ever been in, but, but not not performing it gets rid of that for me for the next event is oh stuff that up today when's the next i'm looking at the calendar when's the next one what's the fire in the belly because i want to actually rectify what i just did wrong and why was i think why i say why was i so nervous there i was so nervous because i hadn't prepared properly i was so nervous because i wasn't confident in my ability i was so nervous because i was worried about other people performance i was so nervous because they were all other the wrong framework of thought process and you know you're doing it to yourself but you just can't change it and the more you the more you do those events the better you become at it yeah i've absolutely done that exact experience to the t where i've i've been way too nervous before a race and just puts too much energy wasted energy into wondering how i'm going to perform and i didn't perform well and then after i'm just going far out like it's so frustrating to, to look back and know how much energy you spent into that and you go, oh, I just want to race, for the ne- race the next race and you go to the next race and you cannot be bothered spending a second <laughs> on being nervous. You just want to go run as fast as you can. Well, you don't want to waste another opportunity. Mm. And like I look at a, at a performance like you've talked about, that's just a waste. Of, it's mm. almost a waste of time. Mm. But it's not. You've actually learned something really valuable. You've learned that, that that degree of thought process created a really poor outcome. I always use the, uh, the the football analogy of the grand final, and it's happened a few times. Guys have taken a, a mark in front of goal, 40 metres out. If they kick the goal, the team wins. If they miss, the team loses. So they have to kick a goal. I can't kick a point. They go back, and all they're focusing on is, I have to kick this goal. I have to kick this goal. Or don't miss, don't miss, don't yeah. miss. And, and uh, footballer A is that person. Footballer B, I go back. I have 10 steps back, I focus on my run-up, nice and smooth, run straight, look look above the goal umpire's head, kick through the ball with dropping the ball as close to my foot. He's thinking of completely different things, follow through, 
keep my head over the ball and then look up after I've executed and watch the ball sail through the goals. Whereas the other guy is going, I hope that it sails through the goals. He's thinking about the wrong things and therefore he's more likely to miss that goal than the person who goes through the routine. Absolutely. So in summary, it would come down to two main things. It's one, your preparation, which includes your entire training preparation leading up to race day and then the plan that you need to execute. And then two, your actual mental strategy on race day. Yeah, you've summarized it perfectly. And and if you have anxiety, don't worry. It's normal. Plan it, prepare and execute. They're the things you concentrate on and the anxiety will be in your favor. So I know you actually wanted to touch on, um, to finish off with, you know, keeping your motivation in training. So, because our motto is plan, prepare, perform, you know, and that planning and preparing is so important so you can get to race day and perform as well as you want. But uh, often we we lose sight of the end goal in our training and we can often lose motivation. Yep. And that's such a big part of yep. this whole process to alleviate that anxiety on race day. Living in the moment is something that I'm really big on. Um, if you're thinking about today's session as I've, as I've just got to get through this session, and all you're thinking about is, um, oh, it's taken too long to get to where I want to go. That's the wrong framing of thought process as well. And if you can, if you can think about this session, I've got say I've got 16 weeks until my big event. Um, I've only got 16 Tuesdays, and today's Tuesday, and two of those Tuesdays are taper, and one Tuesday is an easy day, uh, and another Tuesday is an easy day four weeks later. It's an actual fact. I've only got nine Tuesdays left out of this 16-week program. And I know those Tuesday sessions are so important for me to improve um, come race day. So I've got to execute today. The motivation to think like that, so Tuesday, this day, I've got to hit these numbers. And then next Tuesday, it's the same session, but I know that I have to hit numbers slightly higher. And the next Tuesday is the third go... I have it at this session and I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to try and have three-week build. So living in the moment of the day and then the outcome at the end of the 16 weeks will be there and you'll be standing there on the line confident as anything because you've just executed day by day. So don't think too far ahead. Execute each session as it is and that takes away the anxiety. That takes away the stress because you're not you're not just thinking all the time and just getting... Um, the patience that you have to have to do it that way is incredible. The motivation and the patience to train like that. And as I've said many times, if it was easy to execute that, everybody would do it. It's not easy to do that because every session is quite difficult. And um, the patience required to wait three weeks to get the outcome for that particular block that is time-consuming in thought process and in actual effort. So you have to be in the moment all the time. What is the purpose of this session? And sure, I get nervous about oh, far out the high-intensity Tuesday sessions coming. Um, am I ready for this? And so I'll do things like, you know, I'm going to start at this number, plan out, if I'm executing, plan out what I'm going to do, um, even before it, warm up a little bit more, a little bit uh, better than I have possibly before. Um, the day before, do some stretching, um, you know, possibly uh, make sure I've got the right fuel in me uh, pre, pre that event. Um, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about your, your general diet for the day. I'm not talking about your, your, your training fuel. 
Um, but yeah, making sure everything's in line and and you're giving yourself enough time for it. So so living in the moment that definitely um, enables you to have less nervous anxiety levels come that session, come that week, come that month, come that end of that race preparation. Um, and the patience is what I wanted to, to make sure everybody understands that you don't want to be at your highest race level at week four of a 16-week program. So you've got to think about it like that. And, and as we talked about earlier, framing all of your thought process to understand the purpose of where you're at at week four compared to week eight, compared to week 12, compared to week 16, if you think about it properly, then you're not going to get frustrated or, or anxious about that you're not where you want to be. Where you want to be is on race day at the top of your game. It's very hard to hold being on top of your game from week four to week 16. You know, a period of form can only be four to six weeks at the most. So you'll come into form come that last block and then it's a, a real job to hold it and get, you know, get some really good training done so that come race day you're fresh enough with no fatigue to execute and knowing all that information relates back to taking away the anxiety and and the the nervousness around race day. And I love that frame of if it was easy, you know, anyone could do it. And that's why it is so rewarding when you complete challenges like this, when you set a goal, set a race and you complete it or you, you set a goal for a half Ironman or Ironman or a PB and you do it. It's, if it was easy, it wouldn't feel nearly as satisfying and a lot more people would do it. That's the key to it. You know, the satisfaction of the the consistency, the effort. Um, the discipline. You know, having value on it, um, setting a target um, um, and all of those things, having patience, they're not easy. But it's extremely satisfying. But it's very unsatisfying when none of those things, you're, you're, uncons- you're inconsistent, you don't have a target, that's, that's easy. <laughs> but you're not going to get mm. the result you want. You know, when it's easy, that's the problem. You don't actually have value for, for what your, your efforts are, uh, are trying to achieve. And this is what you do to motivate yourself? For sure. That's, that's the framework I always put in and... And you've seen me decide, there's my target, okay, I'm starting from here. Um, and in the interim period, how do I stay motivated when I'm trying to almost keep my fitness from dropping? Well, that's my motivation. I don't want to see periods where I might not be improving during this five or six week period, but I'm not going to let my fitness drop so that I have to start from a further away point when I decide. As, as each... Um, program and each each year you have a, a new program that you you've, you've made some targets and goals that are different to to other years or they may be the same you just want to better them um, so so you want to keep arriving at the new program at a higher level of fitness than you were previous because as you know if you go away from the end of let's use the football analogy or soccer analogy or basketball or cricket you go away from the end of the season at a high level because you've had a whole season of skills and fitness. And then it's time to rest, let the body recover. And then you come back next year. The really good athletes who become better footballers or better cricketers are the ones who spend all summer or all winter 
doing the things they were weak at and coming back to the new training season with a higher level of fitness than they left the previous one. So they're building from a higher level all the time. Whereas the people who get to that level and then have a rest and do nothing, take no control over their, their fitness, it takes them almost half the season to get back to where they were at the end of the last season and they might improve a little bit towards the end of the season. So they've got this up, down, up, down, it's almost like over-under <laughs> uh, training block, whereas we want to see a straight line. And in that straight line, we might see a step, not a reduction. We see improvement, we see a step, which we call a plateau. Then we see improvement and we see another step. So we want to see a set of stairs where there is very little times when you are decreasing. You don't want to see you going up the first step, then back down the first step. That's then right. The first step, then and down the there's first nothing step. worse than doing some hill climbs in the middle of one of the big hill climbs. You lose 50 metres of altitude that you've worked so hard to. You get two seconds of rest going downhill, and then you've got to catch that back up again. Um, so we really want to make sure that, um, that that's, the, that's the system we're trying to achieve. Is, is, uh, there will only be a few reasons why you can't achieve a step uh, improvement it's it's injury or, or sickness uh, and you've seen your own performance management chart when you've been sick or injured it just goes from you know a fitness of 90 down to 45 it is so frustrating so to summarize how to um handle race nerves to answer the question how do you handle race nerves it's just so much not about the race itself it's just so much everything to do to prepare in between your whole thought process around the process uh, and it's just taking the attention away from whether you're going to get the outcome or not and just executing. Yep. Plan, prepare, perform will have a little bit of anxiety in it, but it's good anxiety and you can direct it the way you want to rather than it totally controlling you. And that's probably the main thing I want the listeners to hear. Perfect. We'll finish there. Thanks very much for listening to another episode of the Get Fast Podcast. If you want to download our expert secrets cheat sheet, that's a cheat sheet of the very best tips and advice all the experts that have come on our podcast have said to help you train smarter and race faster, go to getfastpodcast.com. That's getfastpodcast.com. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy the episodes, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other triathletes and cyclists find us and please let us know why you enjoyed it. Uh, and if you have any questions as well, we're getting a lot of listeners now. We're getting some um, good feedback and some good comments from people. But we'd love to hear your questions of stuff you hear on the podcast and what you want to clarify or get uh, get us to dive deeper into um, some concepts. If you have any topics that you want us to, to discuss, then definitely let us know as well. Yep. But that's it for this episode. We'll see you next time.